0: Chapter 11, Health and Safety. Health Lodge Procedures for Staff. What if I get sick or need medical assistance while at camp? As adults, guides and CITs will be responsible for taking control of their own health care needs while under contract. Should they be needed, Lone Hollow provides access to the following medical resources. Contact information for our camp pediatrician located in Kerrville. Contact information for a walk in treatment clinic in Kerrville. Two nurses in residence at all times, available for minor treatment and consultation when not working with campers. A licensed medical provider who comes to camp three times a week and can be seen at the nurse's discretion. And transportation to Peterson Regional Medical Hospital in Kerrville. In case of an emergency, the nurses are happy to help guides arrange for doctor visits and provide minor treatments when needed. You are responsible for your own insurance coverage and payment of services if you see someone in Kerrville. Workers' Comp Insurance is available when applicable. Travmark offers temporary health insurance on a month-to-month basis. Please visit www.travmark.com for more information. Can I keep my medication with me? Medication both over-the-counter and prescription, is prohibited in camper cabins. Guides and CITs living in camper cabins must keep all over-the-counter medications and prescription medications locked either in their vehicles, their main lounge lockers, or at the health lodge. Guides living in guide-only cabins may keep their medication in their cabins but are advised to keep them in a locker or car. All staff members under the age of 18 must store all medications in the health lodge. What are the health lodge hours? The health lodge will be closed for open entrance throughout the day. If campers or staff members require treatment, they will alert the health lodge via the walkie before heading over. Once they arrive, they will knock on the door and a nurse and nurse assistant will meet them on the porch. The individual will be triaged and treated on the porch whenever possible to avoid individuals entering the health lodge. In the event of an emergency, serious injury, or treatment that requires privacy, the individual will be required to put on a face covering before entering the health lodge if possible. The health lodge is open during the following times, 8.55 a.m. to 2.10 p.m. and 4.15 p.m. 9 o'clock p.m. Please abide by the Health Lodge hours as much as possible. During off-hours, the Health Lodge will be closed for everything but emergencies only. Campers should not be brought to the Health Lodge unless they are exhibiting symptoms such as vomiting, diarrhea, sharp pain or fever, or an emergency situation such as a camper falls from a bunk, minor aches, dull pains, etc. can wait until the health lodge has reopened. A sign should be on the door during off-hours stating that the health lodge is closed and the room where the on-call nurse is staying. How do I conduct the daily health screenings for my campers? Each day, counselors will be required to screen their campers for COVID-19 by taking their temperature and asking if they are experiencing any symptoms. If a camper or staff member has a fever or is experiencing symptoms, the individual will be required to put on a face covering and be escorted to the health lodge immediately for further evaluation by the nurse. How will I know if a missing camper is in the health lodge? If you are missing a camper, it is your responsibility to check with the office first to see if the camper is in the health lodge. Do not just rely on the word of other campers. Can I visit sick campers or friends in the health lodge? Counselors and CITs are not permitted to visit health lodge patients. Can I stick around at the health lodge and use the kitchen or laundry facilities? No. Kitchen and laundry facilities are strictly for nurses to use to treat camper needs. Staff may not hang out or watch TV at the health lodge. These activities can be done in the guide lounges. Can I stay in the health lodge if I get sick? If you get sick with a contagious illness, you will be able to stay in the health lodge at the nurse's discretion, or we will help you find another option so as to protect campers from contracting your illness. However, it is your responsibility to let the office know you are there and what commitments you will need covered, such as cabin duty or class instruction. Do not assume that the nurses will pass along this information. As an adult, you are responsible for managing your own health and how it relates to your job performance. You are expected to expedite your recovery as best you can and return to work as soon as possible. If you become sick during the night and need to be evaluated by the nurse for vomiting, severe pain, etc., notify your co-counselor and go to the health lodge. If you are in a tree house, notify the counselor in your partner cabin, wake up your division director, and have them drive you to the health lodge. The division director will then return to your cabin for the rest of the night. Tips for keeping you and your campers healthy. Make sure campers regularly wash their hands with soap and warm water for at least 30 seconds. Use alcohol-based hand sanitizer. or higher, along with hand-washing. Regularly clean high-touch areas in cabins and department areas such as countertops, restroom and vanity surfaces, door handles, light switches and stair railings with disinfectant spray and let them air dry. Encourage campers to sneeze and cough into a tissue or in their sleeves in an emergency. Drink lots of water and take water bottles to all classes. Most headaches and stomach aches at camp stem from dehydration. Get enough sleep. Don't stay up past the camper bedtimes. You need your rest too. Wear sunscreen. Wear closed toed shoes. Wear protective equipment during classes such as helmets and pads. Don't let campers share helmets, hats, hairbrushes, towels, or other personal items. First aid. In the event that first aid becomes necessary, quickly isolate the injured camper and call, walkie, or send someone to the health lodge for help. One adult should stay with the injured camper while another moves other campers away to a safe and supervised location. Keeping all campers calm is a priority as you assess the situation and wait for the nurse or additional medical personnel to arrive. Be sure to follow up with your department heads, division directors, or the assistant directors should an incident report be necessary. Step 1, personal protection and initial impression. The first rule of first aid is to protect yourself. You can't provide effective care if you are injured. Ensure you are wearing the proper personal protective equipment, such as gloves, face covering, etc., and that you have assessed the scene using the following steps before providing care. Form an initial impression of the situation and determine if the emergency is life-threatening, unresponsive, severe bleeding. Identify any hazards that could present danger to you or the victim. Determine number of injured victims and prioritize care. Determine the cause or nature of the injury or illness. Determine what additional help may be needed. Call for or directly instruct someone to call the nurse and or EMS. Step two, primary assessment. Your primary assessment should be quick and should take no more than a minute 30 seconds. Stay with the victim and monitor any changes in consciousness, pulse, and breathing using the following tips. If a victim is unconscious or if you must leave or cannot maintain an open airway because of bodily fluids, place the person in a side-lying recovery position. Check the victim for responsiveness using the shout-tap-shout or shap-tap-tap-pinch sequence. If the victim is unresponsive, check for a pulse on the carotid artery on the neck with your pointer and middle fingers. Check for a normal breathing pattern that is easy and even. Irregular, shallow, or gasping breaths are not normal. If the victim is not breathing, open the airway by gently tilting the head back and lifting the jaw. Scan the body from head to toe and look for severe bleeding. If there is a possibility of a head, neck, or spinal injury, keep the victim completely still. Continue to monitor his or her condition and stay with him or her until help arrives. Step three, secondary assessment. There are two parts to the secondary assessment, a full body examination of the victim for additional injuries and gathering information about the cause nature of the injury. This information may be very vital to the nurse or additional medical personnel. Use the following steps to perform your secondary assessment. Visually inspect the victim's body, looking carefully for any bleeding, cuts, bruises, or obvious deformities. Look for a medical ID tag, necklace, or bracelet on the victim's neck, arms, or ankles to identify any allergies or illnesses. If the victim is responsive, gather information using sample. S. Signs and symptoms. A. Allergies. M. Medication P. Pertinent or relevant past medical history L. Last oral intake E. Events leading up to the incident Keep the victim comfortable and continue to watch for changes in level of consciousness and breathing until the nurse or additional medical personnel arrive. How to provide care for common injuries As a counselor or CIT, your camper's well-being is your responsibility. This includes looking out for any scrapes, bumps, or bruises that may need attention. The following are some common injuries that occur at camp and how you as a counselor or CIT can provide care. Bites. If the bite is minor, wash the wound with soap and large amounts of clean water. Control any minor bleeding and cover with a sterile bandage. Monitor for infection. If the bite is severe, accompany the camper directly to the health lodge. Bleeding. For heavy bleeding, apply firm, direct pressure with a sterile bandage and call for the nurse or additional medical personnel. If the bandage becomes soaked through, place another sterile bandage over the soaked one and continue to apply firm, direct pressure. For minor scrapes and cuts, wash the wound with warm water and soap and cover with a sterile bandage. Advise the camper to visit the nurse if the injury hurts, becomes red or inflamed, or looks infected. Burns. For minor burns, remove the camper from the source of the burn. Run cool, not cold, tap water over the burn to relieve pain. For severe or large burns, take the camper to the nurse to be evaluated. For sunburns, instruct campers to cover up shirts, hats, etc., and apply sunscreen frequently. Aloe vera is available in the health lodge. Diabetic care. The nurse will work with each diabetic camper's counselor to make them aware of special needs associated with that camper. Hypoglycemia occurs in diabetic campers when glucose levels become low, especially in high activity areas such as field sports, on the waterfront, or on a hike. Signs of hypoglycemia include confusion and abnormal behavior, such as the inability to complete routine tasks, double vision and or blurred vision, seizures, though uncommon, loss of consciousness, though uncommon, heart palpitations, shakiness, anxiety, sweating, hunger, and a tingling sensation around the mouth. If hypoglycemia occurs, Use one of the tubes of sugar icing located in each first aid kit. Squeeze a little bit into the camper's mouth and send for a nurse. Food allergies. The most common food allergens are milk, egg, peanut, tree nut, wheat, soy, fish, and shellfish. Symptoms of an allergic reaction include rashes, hives, belly cramping, vomiting, diarrhea, Sneezing, hoarse voice, lip, tongue, or throat swelling, coughing, wheezing, shortness of breath, irritability, sweating, dizziness, and loss of consciousness. Most allergic reactions occur anywhere from within minutes up to a few hours after exposure. Anaphylactis can start with mild symptoms but progress quickly. Symptoms including coughing, wheezing, Shortness of breath, chest tightness, difficulty breathing, change in voice, difficulty speaking or swallowing, throat tightness, hives, swelling, skin itching, itchy lips, tongue, ears, throat or mouth, runny nose, sneezing, nasal congestion, red, itchy, watery eyes, dizziness, loss of consciousness, fainting stomach cramping, vomiting, diarrhea, skin flushing, and a paleness or blue tinge to the skin. If a child has an anaphylactic reaction, he or she needs to be treated quickly with epinephrine. The nurse will train guides and CITs in the use of an EpiPen. EpiPens are located in the first aid kits in headquarters, the health lodge, and traveling first aid kits. Some campers may carry their EpiPens with them. After an epipin injection, notify the nurse immediately. Heat-related illnesses. Prevention is key. Take regular water and shade breaks. Heat cramps can progress to heat exhaustion and even heat stroke. Signs of heat exhaustion include cool, moist, pale, ashen, flushed skin, headache, nausea, dizziness, Weakness, exhaustion, and heavy sweating. If a camper is suffering from heat exhaustion, move him or her to a cool place. Loosen tight clothing and remove sweat-soaked clothes. Cool the camper by spraying with water or placing cool, wet towels on him or her. Encourage the camper to drink small amounts of water or a sports drink. Notify the nurse. Insect stings. Ask the camper if he or she has ever been bitten or stung by this insect before. Watch for signs of allergic reactions, including hives, difficulty breathing, and swelling. If you see any signs of an allergic reaction, call for the nurse immediately. If the sting is minor, wash with soap and water. Cover with a sterile bandage and watch for infection. Mouth and teeth injuries. Tell the camper to rinse his or her mouth out with cool water. If bleeding persists, have them lean slightly forward to avoid swallowing the blood. Send campers with knocked out or broken teeth to the health lodge. Advise campers to pick up any teeth by the crown or the white part and not the root. Nosebleeds. Tell the camper to pinch the soft part of his or her nose and lean slightly forward to prevent swallowing the blood. Advise the camper to go to the health lodge if the bleeding does not stop after 10 minutes or occurs frequently. Shock. Shock is typically caused by illness or injury and is an indicator that the camper's condition is serious. Call for the nurse and additional medical personnel. Monitor the camper's level of consciousness. Control any external bleeding and keep the camper from getting chilled or overheated until help arrives. Skin Issues and Infections The best way to handle skin issues and infections is prevention and early detection. A rash or sore can quickly turn into a staph infection or impetigo. Common skin infections are staph, impetigo, and cellulitis. Impetigo signs include small blisters and or a dark or honey-colored crust that forms over the rash. Staph signs include pus such as a boil or an abscess. The area is typically tender or painful and may be reddened and swollen. Cellulitis signs include expanding red areas of the skin, pain, fever, swelling, and tenderness. Campers may also develop red spots and blisters on the skin in addition to skin dimpling and may run a low-grade fever. To prevent the spread of skin infections, avoid allowing campers to share sheets Towels, clothing, and other items. Ask campers frequently if they have any bites, blisters, rashes, or sores. Take any campers with any kind of skin issue to the health lodge immediately. If there is a verified skin infection case, the nurse will come to the cabin and give a wellness talk on how to avoid spreading the infection. Bloodborne Pathogens, Preventing Infection. Bloodborne pathogens can cause a serious disease, hepatitis B, hepatitis C, HIV. To spread infection, the pathogen must have access to your bloodstream. While these diseases are not easily transmittable and are not spread by casual contact, it is best to play it safe and handle any and all bodily fluids you come into contact with as infectious. Infection occurs two ways. Direct contact. A bloodborne pathogen is passed from one person to another through close physical contact between two people. Indirect contact. A bloodborne pathogen is passed from one person to another via a surface or object contaminated with an infected person's blood or other potentially infectious material. Prevent infection using the following steps Always wear gloves and other appropriate personal protective equipment when administering first aid or cleaning up bodily fluids in your cabin, activity areas, or around camp. Dispose of gloves in a proper waste receptacle and wash your hands after you provide care. If you are unable to immediately clean up a mess, guard the spill and send another counselor or camper to headquarters or walkie to headquarters for assistance. Wash your hands immediately after coming into contact with any fluids Potentially infected items, after removing gloves or other personal protective equipment, before eating and drinking, or after using the restroom. Wash your hands with soap and warm water for at least 20 seconds, paying attention to your palms, the back of your hands, spaces between your fingers, wrists, and under your fingernails. Handling Soiled Items and Bodily Fluids Always wear gloves, available in all first aid kits and cabins and activity areas. Place all items soiled with blood, urine, feces, vomit, in a plastic bag and bring them to the health lodge. For minor bodily spills in the cabin, wipe up any excess liquid with a paper towel and spray the spot and surrounding area with disinfectant spray. For messes on the carpet, alert headquarters and someone will call the housekeeping team. Keep everyone away from the area until it is thoroughly cleaned. For larger bodily spills, send another counselor or walkie to headquarters. Keep everyone away from the area until it is thoroughly cleaned. After cleaning, remove all trash from the cabin or activity area and securely tie off the bag. Bring the bag down to the dumper dog located behind the kitchen. If you believe you have been exposed to a blood-borne pathogen, please go to the health lodge immediately. Emergency procedures. Lone Hollow takes every precaution to keep campers and staff safe. However, emergencies may occur. It is the guides and CIT's responsibility to remain calm, take charge of the situation, and follow the procedures for each emergency described on the next page. In any emergency, It is the responsibility of the directors to contact parents when necessary. In the event of an emergency, the following procedures must be put into action quickly and efficiently. The safety and well-being of the campers and staff always comes first. Our dining hall serves as the emergency headquarters. Chemicals. Cleaning supplies or any other chemicals should never be within reach of campers. Any chemicals found should be brought to the office. Construction areas. All campers and staff should stay away from areas under construction. Report any unsafe situations to the office. Emergencies that require calling 911. If you observe an out-of-control fire, an armed intruder, or other emergency situation, radio or call the office immediately. Headquarters will call 911. For a medical emergency, quickly isolate the injured camper and call, walkie, or send someone to the health lodge for help. One adult should stay with the injured camper while another moves other campers away to a safe and supervised location. Keeping all campers calm is a priority as you assess the situation and wait for the nurse or additional medical personnel to arrive. The nurse will assess the situation and call headquarters, Headquarters will call 911. Evacuation An announcement will be made on all walkies and the PA system to assemble in the dining hall for a possible evacuation. Remember to remain calm. Campers should be seated at their dining hall cabin tables. Counselors will take headcounts. Once a headcount has been taken, all counselors will be sent to get their car, cell phone, driver's license, and a flashlight. When instructed, counselors will drive their car to the front of the dining hall. Campers will be released one table at a time to load into cars from the plaza. Counselors will drive to the secure zone indicated in their emergency packet. Follow the speed limit and ensure campers are wearing a seatbelt if possible. Stay at the secure zone with campers until otherwise notified. If you are driving back to camp for more campers, leave the first group with an on-site chaperone before driving back to camp. Do not stop on roads, bridges, or on any space that may block access for emergency vehicles. Equipment. Campers and staff may not use activity equipment except during class time and with the appropriate staff unless specifically noted otherwise. Climbing on buildings, roofs, railings or other camp facilities is prohibited by all campers and staff. Use equipment only if you are properly trained and have signed off on the safety guidelines. Fire in cabins. Calmly and quickly move campers out of cabin. Be familiar with exit options. If the fire is downstairs and you cannot evacuate using the stairwell, move campers to the balcony close the door, and use the drop ladders to evacuate. One counselor or CIT should proceed down the ladder first while another waits upstairs with campers. The first counselor or CIT will support the end of the ladder as campers descend. Use a walkie-talkie to call for help. Take a headcount and rep- report missing campers to the office immediately by walkie or in person. Move campers to the dining hall and sit at your assigned dining table. Keep the group settled and listen for further instructions. Note, if the fire alarm sounds during the middle of the night, check the cabin for fire before assuming it is a low battery in the alarm. If there is no fire, contact a full-time staff member using a walkie to help you find a ladder and remove the battery. Notify your division director at breakfast so they can put it on the hub. Flooding. Do not leave camp if flooding is a possibility. You may not be able to get back in. Check with the office if there is a possibility of flooding. Hiking. If you hike or camp out during your time off, please tell the office where you are going and when to expect your return. Always take a walkie-talkie and a buddy with you. Injured person. Safely stop bleeding and secure injured person. Most qualified staff should stay with injured person. Send runner to seek medical help or use walkie-talkie. Secure other campers away from injured person. Lightning or electrical storms. Seek shelter in a building. If you can't get to a building, remember that lightning usually strikes tall objects. Keep campers and staff away from trees, drinking fountains, metal objects, and hilltops. All campers and staff on the waterfront must move off the water immediately. Missing Camper. Call roll at the beginning of every activity and keep a continuous head count during class, in the cabin, during evening programs, and at every meal. Immediately notify the office if a camper is not present at any of these times, by walkie-talkie or in person. When a camper is missing, Office staff will circulate immediately to physically locate the camper by checking cabins, other activities, bathrooms, a health lodge, etc. All staff should listen for notifications of missing campers on the walkie-talkies and or announcements and notify headquarters if that camper or any other camper not on your roll sheet is in your class. Rainy day. Counselors should move campers to the activities rainy day location. See pages. 48, and 49 for locations. Take role as normal. Keep campers entertained with games that are found in your guidebook on pages 52 and 53. Release a camper. Campers may only be released to an authorized person with directors, assistant directors, or the office manager's knowledge. Campers must sign out before leaving camp. Rule of three. Counselors should abide by the rule of three as much as possible, but but camper safety comes first. Should an emergency situation arise that leaves you alone with a camper, do not hesitate to take action. Any rule of three violations should be followed by an incident report as soon as possible. Visitors. Report any visitors that are unaccompanied or unusual observations to the office. Waterfront. Campers and staff should not be near the water unless during class or an evening program and only if a lifeguard is on duty. It is everyone's responsibility to report unsafe activities on the waterfront. Staff swimming on their time off must have a lifeguard on duty. The lifeguard must be out of the water, actively scanning, and not participating. In case of drowning, the most qualified responder should stay with drowning victim and additional guides should clear the water and surrounding area of bystanders. Call 911 and ask for an AED. Alert the health lodge and the waterfront director. Begin a primary assessment and CPR if necessary and trained to do so. Wildfires. Move class or cabin to the dining hall calmly and quickly. Take a head count and notify the office of missing campers. Keep the group settled and listen for further instructions. Follow the evacuation procedures. Wildlife. Do not touch or allow your campers to touch bats, birds, or any other wildlife. Avoid snakes by staying on the trails. Do not reach or walk where you cannot see, under porches, by wood piles, on rocky ledges, etc. If you encounter a snake, quietly back away and secure a camper safely out of reach and report it to the office immediately. Lone Hollow Emergency Lockdown Procedures. The following events and others deemed emergencies by the directors or camp manager could initiate a lockdown procedure at Lone Hollow. Armed dangerous intruder, Armed, dangerous staff member or camper, threatening weather, like tornado or large hail, or dangerous or wild animal observed in camp area. Armed or dangerous intruder, camper or staff member protocol. In the event of an armed intruder at camp, follow the process below. Run. Hide. Fight. Take note of any lockdowns announced over the loudspeakers on the camp radio and/ or on the walkie-talkies. The announcement will be there is an emergency list location, such as at the silos in headquarters on the waterfront. Please follow lockdown procedures. We will be specific on the location so no one runs toward the danger. Run. Quickly scan, your immediate area for all campers and staff. Gather everyone around you and move as quickly and calmly as possible away from the threat to the nearest building or hiding spot. Take your walkie-talkie and roll sheet with you. Turn your walkie-talkie off. Be aware of any shots or screams heard around you. Run in the opposite direction from the noises. Hide. Lock and barricade all doors. Close windows, drapes, or blinds. Turn off lights, computer monitors, or anything else that may attract outside attention. Have all campers and staff move away from the windows and sit on the floor silently. Minimize your target profile. Search for items that can be used as weapons. Fire extinguishers, brooms, aerosol cans, baseball bats. If you are in a bathroom where there are no locks on outside doors, go into the stalls and lock the doors. Stay there silently. Silently take a head count or roll call of everyone with you. Do not open the doors or leave for any reason, even if there is a fire alarm, unless a recognized person from camp administration or a proven law enforcement officer releases you and says it's time to evacuate. Make sure your walkie-talkie and cell phone are turned off. Fight. If your group is discovered by the armed person, use whatever weapons you've found to defend yourself and your campers. Run, if possible. Threatening weather, wild or dangerous animal protocol. In the event of threatening weather or a wild or dangerous animal, take note of any lockdowns announced over the loudspeakers on the camp radio, and or on the walkie-talkies. Quickly scan your immediate area for other campers and staff. Gather everyone around you and proceed calmly but quickly to the nearest building. Take your walkie-talkie and your roll sheet with you. Head in the opposite direction from the threatening disturbances. Have all campers and staff move away from the windows and sit on the floor. Take a head count or roll call of everyone with you. Use a walkie talkie to call the office. Let the office know your name, your location, and any campers or counselors who may be missing from your cabin or class. If you do not have a roll sheet, let the office know how many campers and counselors you have with you. Also, alert the office as to any injuries your group has sustained, any injuries you observed, and any useful observations where a wild animal was last seen, where you saw the tornado touch down, etc. If you have a cell phone with you, or there is a phone in the building, try calling 911. Don't assume someone else has. When 911 answers, be prepared to share the same information above with the operator. They will already know our address. Give as much factual information as you can regarding the threat, but don't make assumptions. Do not open the doors or leave for any reason, even if there is a fire alarm, until you have been given the all-clear announcement over the loudspeakers on the walkie-talkies or in person. Once the lockdown has been lifted, full-time staff will help to unlock doors, and everyone is to report to the dining hall for a headcount. Counselors must wait for full-time staff to unlock their doors. They should not unlock their doors for anyone besides full-time staff. Media policy. While under contract, please refrain from answering questions from any media or other persons who plan to publish information about Lone Hollow. Any inquiries can be referred to Stacey Knoll, our camp manager, by contacting the headquarters office. Please do not say, no comment, but instead say, I'm not the best person to answer your questions or give you more information, and then direct them to the appropriate media contacts. In the event of an emergent situation, such as a flood in the area, accident at camp, or an incident that involves campers or their families, it would not be uncommon for media to show up at our gates attempting to gain access they would likely stop anyone they saw to ask questions and try to get information. Questions could range from those that are easy for you to answer because they are simply a confirmation of fact, um, such as, yes, we have experienced a flood at camp, to those that are more difficult to answer, such as how many campers are injured, How or how are things being handled. Direct any questions to Stacy Knoll and alert Jean, Adrian, or Stacy of the request. Lone Hollow Employee Acknowledgement Form. You are to initial at the front. I acknowledge that I have received, read, understand, and agreed to comply with the policies and procedures in the Lone Hollow Guidebook. I acknowledge that I have read, understand, and agreed to comply with the Lone Hollow Safety Guidelines and Daily Procedures. I acknowledge that I have read, understand, and agreed to comply with the policies and procedures of the First Aid Training I acknowledge that I have received child safety training and passed the child safety training test. I acknowledge that I have read, understand, and agreed to comply with the Lone Hollow Camper Care and Presidium policies. I acknowledge that I have read, understand, and agreed to comply with the terms and conditions of my contract. I acknowledge, understand, and agree to keep information confidential about campers or staff regarding medication, family matters, or any other personal information. The Lone Hollow Guidebook and Orientation Training are designed to give important information about Camp Lone Hollow. I understand that I should consult the camp manager, directors, assistant directors, the activity director, program director, division directors, or department heads regarding any questions not answered in the guidebook or orientation. Print sign, and date.